Hey, I'm a fucking star! Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs> All right, Ooh, that song oh, yeah. never sounded better, right? Ooh, no, that is it, man. That's what the a song. <laughs> All right, everybody, it's one fucking hour time. I am your host, uh, of course, uh, Evan Husney, and we got in the house to my left, Big T, Tom Fitz G. What's going on, man? Hey, guys, we'll get to it later, but I just wanted to give a shout out. We've got a, a Sattva coupon at the end of the show, so stick around. <laughs> Sattva mattresses. Uh, <laughs> get out you know, of you're here. Gonna, you're going to want to check that out. Yeah, sattva.com <laughs> slash one fucking hour is going to get you your 10%. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 get it out of here. All right, and then to my right, of course, we got, as usual here, Mr. Marcus Herring. Marcus, what's going on, man? What's up, guys? What is it like? Uh, what what episode is it? Number seventy five, man. This is oh, it, right? Because the got... movie's from seventy five. Wow, that's right, <laughs> guys. Seventy five episodes. That's got to be a milestone, right? I mean, we made it seventy five. Yeah. That's that's a that's a that's a marker, you know. That's so, the thing. Yeah, it's, and I've been uh, seeing three quarters of a hundred. I mean, that's a big deal. <laughs> you know, it is a big deal, I and can't I've been seeing it. I've been seeing comments on the on on the videos on YouTube of people saying, "All right, I'm all caught up. I watched every single episode. I've been I seeing know. that Holy people smokes. are I, binging. I, I hear that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I really so. feel sorry for these people. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're good. We we actually met some uh, some fans out in the wild uh, last week. Oh so yeah, really cool you guys had a show. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it went pretty good. And uh, it was almost comical because like, they'd be like, hi, we do this thing, EXP, you know. So it's like, oh, yeah, EXP is cool. But like, hey, how's one fucking hour doing? And it was like, <laughs> it was like, yeah, yeah, the thing we came for technically that you guys yeah. do like, uh, okay, fine. And it's like one fucking, so um, what's Evan really like? You know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, there's right. fans. They're, they're, there's, they roll wow. deep. That's amazing. That's so cool. Well, thank yeah. you to everybody for sticking with us on this journey. Yeah. 75 hours. It's fucking crazy. Really awesome. Um, so, yeah. Amazing. What are we talking yeah. about tonight? What is tonight's movie? Of course, that means it must be from the year 1975. And it is a film that you, the fans on our Instagram page, had voted for. We had four different yeah. flicks that we had up there. And y'all picked Dog Day Afternoon as the film we're talking about tonight. Very close race, guys. That mm. was really intense. I was actually because it was Jaws was like right there, and um, I think at the last mm. minute there was like a you know three or four votes for Dog Day Afternoon, and here we are wow. doing Dog Day. So the ultimate. So, was, so sorry, yeah. it was it was Jaws, Dog Day. Uh, oh shit, uh, Nashville. Oh, um, oh, I can yeah. never remember it. Um, I know Nashville, and what was the fourth one? Oh my god. Uh Barry Lyndon, right? Yes. Yeah, right. That's of course. Right. Yeah. And everyone's favorite Kubrick. Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> Shocked that yeah, that one didn't. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. No, but Jaws, yeah, I guess it was neck and neck and like, hey, it would be great to do a Jaws. You know, we might oh, have we to will. do that in the future. Oh, yeah, we right. will. We will. Yeah. But what what I really like about the fact that we're doing Dog Day Afternoon tonight is that it is in my opinion one of the ultimate summer movies. Here we are. We are in yeah. the beginning of August. 
and shit's hot as hell in New York. It's been really These hot. These are the dog days right now. That's right. That's right. And uh, this is a sweaty ass fucking New York summer movie. So it fits perfectly with yeah. when we're doing yeah. it and everything. Like I'm in that zone right now uh, for this, you know, sweat. Yeah, I'm sweating. And, yeah, we're Likewise. all sweating. Yeah, let's sweat it out. So, all right. Um, but before we get into tonight's uh, episode, just want to give a quick shout out uh, to the One Fucking Hour Patreon. Thank you to everybody who's been uh, signing up for the Patreon. And we get a lot of great feedback on our audio commentary tracks that we've been recording. Yeah, DVD style, old school, uh, feature length audio commentaries. Uh, we did Blue Velvet uh, recently. Uh, we just teed up what our next audio commentary track is. God. And uh, very excited that we're just going to, hey, we're going to take a fucking ride and we're going to watch What Women Want, (laughs) starring Mel Gibson. I didn't see that coming. uh, Raimi's going to join us. I watched it recently and couldn't believe how fucking insane it was. Tom's never seen it, so it'll be like a Tom reaction video. Um, exactly. which I'm very excited about. But the only way you'll be able to And it's to one of Marcus's favorites. He's, it is, right. Yeah, he yeah, he right. recites yeah. whole <laughs> scenes of dialogue all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Well, that's, exactly. That's how I met my wife, actually, is because right. I, I practiced, you know, the app, I applied the uh, tips I right. learned from watching the right. movies. That's right. So, He's, yeah. he, he shares the same gift that Mel Gibson does in, in this film. Right. Um, and, uh, but oh, the yeah. only way you're going to be able to hear us watching and reacting to what women want is if you sign up for the one fucking hour patreon it's just five bucks a month patreon.com slash one fucking hour or you can click if you go to the bottom of the page here there's a join button if you're watching us on youtube and you can join the channel for five bucks a month same deal it's going to get you same access uh, as well as 24-hour early access to every single one of these episodes. So, you know, to all you completists out there, you may want to do that. Mainline these episodes, you know, 24 hours for anybody else can. Um, but that's also either way, either through the YouTube channel, joining it, or subscribing to the Patreon. It's the best way to support the show, and we appreciate it. And we're going to make you... We're definitely going to make... Uh, we're going to earn that five bucks, especially with having to fucking watch uh, What Women Want. So www.nightmare.com. Yeah. Right. That title. Is that a good I title? Know. Like, mm. did, did they really feel mm. happy about that? And sign <laughs> Yeah, maybe. It's, it's kind of hard to say. I feel like it's the kind of title where like a, a dog would pick up on it because it's just the phonetics are so weird. Like, What Women Want. <laughs> what women want like it's 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 instantly kind of abstracting yeah, what is. women want what, what women want does anybody know what i'm saying i did my uh, earlier I, I seriously um okay i think right. that summer heat's getting to you but anyway uh yeah <laughs> sign up for the patreon get that shit on lockdown and we appreciate it man and we'll see you over there for what women want um all right <laughs> Let's get into the uh, show at hand. You guys ready to start that clock for Dog Day? You guys ready? Yeah, TikTok. Yeah. All right. TikTok, motherfucker. All right. Here we go. And the clock is live now. All right. Booyah. Okay. A little bit of um, background on the film. Of course, this is a heavy classic, but just for, for anybody for context, here we go. When inexperienced criminal Sonny Wartzik played, of course, my Al Pacino in a career-defining role in some ways, um, leads a bank robbery in Brooklyn, things quickly go wrong, and a hostage situation develops. 
As Sonny and his accomplice Sal Naturile, how do you say that? Naturile. 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 There you go. Naturile, played by John Cazale. Uh, try desperately to remain in control. A media circus develops and the FBI arrives, creating even more tension. Gradually, Sonny's surprising motivations behind the robbery are revealed, financing his lover's sex change operation. And his standoff with law enforcement moves towards its inevitable end. So, guys, Tom, we were saying this shortly before we recorded uh, that you have a pretty fun little origin story with this flick uh you want to regale the people with it yeah i mean uh this is one of the very first films i ever saw in a movie theater uh first run with my family and first uh, run so here's the thing yeah wow it's i don't when this stopped happening but i guess because i'm remembering movies in the 70s when i was a little kid there'd be an intermission like for you know several minutes in a movie not even this long like dog day afternoon so i'll never forget this because uh, the moment where the intermission starts for Dog Day Afternoon is when the guy is delivering the pizzas to the bank, <laughs> and uh, and then if you remember the kid with the afro and like a little t-shirt, oh, yeah. like he delivers the pizzas to Pacino and he goes like, "Hey, I'm a fucking star! I'm a fucking star!" <laughs> and uh, it's great. And and then so the film like the the real ends. And I go, okay, that's how this movie's ending. All right. Uh, interesting. Like, they're going to end on the note of the guy going, I'm a fucking dog. Good night, everybody. The end. Because I didn't, I never knew that there was an intermission that was a thing. I thought right. that was the entire hour long movie with the, I'm a fucking star pizza guy. Yeah. And wow. they just were really, they just needed some pizzas. And that was the end of the yeah. movie. That was the resolution. That would have been a bold yeah. ending. That would have been yes. pretty cool. No credits. It just sort of stops. <laughs> uh, very jagged, like real change kind of look. Yeah. Fucking uh, anyway, yeah, no, I saw it and uh, everything was confusing. But, uh, you know, the only thing I'll say is I was very, I was very young. But the, I, it was very engaging. I didn't understand anything, even like what money was, you know. But like uh, mm. I was engaged, you know, like it was very yeah. uh, thrilling. It was very thrilling. Mm. It's dog day. Oh, so. dude, it is. And and this is <clears throat> for me. I was also super young when I watched it. And this was definitely an early dad going to the video store, renting a movie for us. Like, you know, one of the real yeah. f- first real ass movies I think I ever saw was Dog Day Afternoon. I definitely remember it. It was like, wow. And just like feeling that because when you're a young kid, you know, you're used to seeing what, you know, animated films or family oriented yeah. shit. But Secret when you see this. Nim. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but when, Yeah. Land before time. I don't know. But like when you see <laughs> this shit, you know, and you're really getting exposed to like hardcore tension. I know. And, and yes. like a thriller, it's like it's it's eye opening, it's mind expanding of like, oh my god, movies can be this intense, yeah. you know. And and it's very the adult world. Not to keep harping on that, but like, yeah, like as a child, you see that and you go, it's the zoo of adults. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, no, of course, yeah, no, exactly. And of course, I didn't quite understand all of it, like you were saying. I didn't understand his motivation until later right. like what's right. going on when you know and all that stuff but for yeah sure. man this this movie's always held up for me it's always i mean I, everybody knows it but it, it's it's still like you sit down and watch it and it's kills it still it rocks yeah mm-hmm. it's so good and i i think part of that for me not to bring in 
like a really lame modern reference, but you know, we went to go see fucking Oppenheimer, you know, last week oh. or whatever. Was it voluntary? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Court appointed okay. uh, screening of right, Oppenheimer. Right. Okay. And um and uh, we went to go see it, but like, you know, it's fine, I guess, you know, whatever. It's like a summer fucking movie, whatever. But man, yeah. every fucking scene in the movie is drowned in score. Like it's score mm. to the point where you can't understand a single line of dialogue it's just like it's just like heavy heavy score for just simple dialogue sequences and it's so right. overbearing and heavy-handed and then it's yeah. like you watch a movie like this obviously that has no score but also None. just lets the performances breathe and like the oh, actors God, can inhabit yeah. the scenes and we can you know live with them and sort of be like like we're kind of vicariously in that bank with them and it just it's absolutely like that's those, yeah. those those phone calls that pacino makes yeah you know are a perfect example like there's no music and it's just a, a simple close-up of him and it just lets him do his thing mm -hmm. yeah 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 I, I love that the yeah the absence of score is so brilliant and it was a you know obviously a conscious decision but Sidney lumet mentioned that he you know he, he knew that it wasn't going to work with like uh, if he scored the music to make it feel real, you know? Yeah. And that was something that he was really striving for is to make it feel real. And so, yeah, what a great decision, but it does have an awesome song in yeah. the movie, you know, <laughs> well, that stays thing. with you. And like that I'll always associate with the yeah, film, man. that great uh, Elton John track, uh, Amarina. Amarina. That's well, right. It's funny. You should say that like, uh, his decision for not having uh, the music uh, to make it feel more realistic because the film actually does start with essentially a documentary montage. Yeah. You I know, love it. Uh, love speaking it. what we're saying, like, for, first of all, it's a very cool, odd choice where like, this was so uncommon. Like you start your movie with basically a proto music video, an mm -hmm. entire song, a pop song mm -hmm. just plays right through. Yeah. But what you're seeing really is just pick up B-roll shots of just people having a hot day in the city, you know, at the park mm -hmm. and walking down the street. And it, and that always and that really gets you in the mood. It's just like mm -hmm. because what he does brilliantly is like real documentary montage and mm -hmm. then then it cuts to our protagonists and they're just like any other people if you follow them in this yeah. montage and you know, their misadventures. Mm -hmm. Well, and it also does that nice little thing too where when the song is ending it's then playing through the car radio like they're they're yeah. listening to the end of that song right, right before right. they go into the bank and i also love the fact too i love any movie especially a thriller like if you're going to call this a thriller or whatever but like i i love any movie that just gets right fucking into it too yes like Good like, call. like it's you get that little opening credits you know elton john portion but then like yeah. in minute two three he's in he's going to the bank and we are let's go yeah, in it. Good point. That's it. And and you know, there, there's no lengthy setup, you know. And of course, this is yeah. based on a true story. Uh, this this story is, and uh, which we both know, or Tom and I know very well, which we'll get to <laughs> shortly. But um, okay. it is is uh, it's like there could have been a lengthy setup, you know, because there is yeah. a lengthy setup to the real story, right? Mm -hmm. But. There's a really smart choice that Sidney Lumet and the screenwriter made in this movie to just get us right into it. And then we're going to learn everything about these characters pretty much as all mm -hmm. the bystanders do, as the media right, would. Right. You know, we're going to... And the, it's and the be tellers who are held hostage. And the tellers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be revealed to us and parsed out like as the yeah, movie's going, mm -hmm. you know, which is great. That's good writing. 
Right. I feel like it's inspired by their background in theater. You know, Pacino came out of theater. Sidney Lumet started in theater. And then he right. was a television guy, which is basically like, you know, early TV was like filmed theater, yeah. you know. And there's just an economy of like, how can I tell this story with the smallest number of locations, you know, and it is like a like a great filmed play, you know. This it is. This, yeah. this, that's how this movie feels to me. So sure. I definitely feel like it was informed by those decisions. And a lot of the '70s movies, a lot of the great '70s movies, do just kind of drop you in to the middle of the story. And yeah, yeah again, it's one of the things that does feel lost these days, where everything has to be like, you know, let's get let's make every movie an origin story of this character. You yeah. know, like uh, yeah. that's how everything feels Brasco these days. or something. <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> Well, not even that. It's you know, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, yeah, of course. But it's yeah, it, it this movie and the way in that it's made, the sort of naturalistic feel that it has, uh, the realiz- the realism that Sidney Lumet is bringing to all this, it just allows the actors to really live in those characters, as I said before, and really inhabit them. And I think the more you can get actors to do that, the better everything is going to be. And um, this film is perfect for that. One other thing too about just the realism end of this movie is like, I know that Sidney Lament wanted it to feel not only just naturalistic, but he wanted it to feel like it was shot by a television camera crew, you know, in a way like a, like a news television camera crew. Yeah. The idea of like people having to fight through the crowd, like cameramen having to fight through the crowd in order to, to get coverage of this thing. You see a lot of wide angle shots of like, that yeah. could be the perspective of a news camera. Um, right. And I think that's, a great approach to this because 1974, 1975, I feel like Americans are so used to like sitting in front of their TVs and watching some insane shit unfold on the news. Like, uh, the well, war, like the Patty Hearst, uh, kidnappers. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, not to keep doing this, but like, that's one of my very first memories of any kind that everywhere I went on television, was just all this horrifying grainy footage of a house burning. Yeah. <laughs> like eight hours. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, of course yeah, yeah. it was near it was near where we lived. So uh so yeah, no, you're right. There you go. Like the the Hearst uh incident, you know? Right. And I think really embracing that style <clears throat> is a really cool choice uh for this yeah. movie. Something that I don't know, maybe we take for granted a little bit because other films do do that in the seventies. And this one just feels like kind of the big first movie to kind of do that for like this kind of bank robbery, robbery crime sort of film. It's, yeah. you know, it's cool. And it is about being a media frenzy as well, too. I think that is part of it mm-hmm. as well. And then, and, and then yeah, also for me, it's like uh, back to that early montage, like of all the New Yorkers having a, a hot day. Uh, to me, the lead of the movie somewhat is New York City, you know, and all yeah. its insanity. So it's like yeah. uh, the, the TV depiction of a typical insane street in New York City because anyone who's visited or lived in New York City just knows that you could you don't know that if you walk uh, across the street or around the corner it could be this insane street moment that you're going to witness like I've seen some unbelievable things you know like mm-hmm. like sometimes cities New York City streets can just erupt and that just feels very real and lived in like where this is it, it not only is it plausible but it did happen but just mm-hmm. like uh like like the madness that is New York City. I, I've almost never seen a better depiction 
yeah of like that that overheating kind of like uh you know the the blackout in 77 yeah kind of feel of new york city <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that must have yeah. been important to lamette too because i mean this the decision to instead of building this like a stage building a fake yes. bank like on a on a, a studio stage or whatever they built right. it on an actual street like it was like a a car garage or something that they oh. they converted into a bank but they were able to yeah. close down the street make everybody make everyone that lived on the street move out for like a you know like a, a oh, month or something okay and then just kind of but they wanted to shoot it like in in the street on location you know so it would yeah. have that realness and they could right. go inside and outside the bank and stuff like that yeah and then uh and, yeah yeah and there's also kind of like a a, um, a nice improv ish kind of real quality that it also has with the crowd like the crowd who is yes. in you know watching the or outside of the bank you know the all the pedestrians onlookers some of those are real onlookers you know <laughs> to the shooting sure. of the film and i think that they sort of you know it was kind of this organic thing where i think in like in the beginning when they had all those extras and just people from the neighborhood who were coming in like sydney uh-huh. lamette would like work them into like a froth like he was directing all of them probably with like megaphones to get them to right. know what to do and how to okay. interact and- now everybody now you hate him now you're yeah. throwing stuff at him you know yeah. like, like yeah. because i love how he the flip like he's like this instant street hero which is so new york city like like i love this guy like i yeah. just became aware <laughs> yeah. of a minute ago and then it's like then he's you know he's gay and that's a whole thing for the crowd and like boo and it's just like like it's like mob yeah. mentality you know and then yeah. the, the money grab you know when he throws money out into the crowd you know yeah it's a big sweaty ugly mob of of, of crazy knuckleheads but he sort of said like during the production of shooting those sequences that after a while the crowd just took on a life of its own and sort oh, of wow. were doing their own improv and it was like this Whoa. thing where it just was working organically like there's that great scene just real quick i can't remember exactly where it is in the movie uh-huh. but you have the first like negotiator guy what's his name uh um the actor charles uh, derning sh- yes thank you derning yeah he's like that. Mm-hmm. He's like saying some shit into the megaphone or just maybe talking. And then the crowd is mocking him and saying the exact same things right. that he's saying. Like, those are nice little things that I yeah. think were probably improvised or, you know. It's also but, lived in. It's great. It is lived in. That's that's what we're saying here, of course, with this whole thing. So, and of course, it led to the iconic Attica moment you know, yeah. where Ray, Ray is Pacino's leaving the bank. I think it was the assistant director or something whispered to Pacino to, to tell the crowd, like, say, say something about Attica. And oh. then, you know, he just improvised it and the crowd reacted because it's in the air. And, and well, that, well, to speak to what you're saying, it's like the crowd was probably organically like, yeah, man, fuck what happened at Attica. Attica you know, like they're forgetting. <laughs> yeah. their, are we even in a movie still? Are they rolling? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. No, but then Attica always fascinated me because like uh, the, the Attica incident happened right around the time of the actual Dog Day Afternoon, 1972. This yeah. film comes out and then the character that John Travolta plays in um, you know, like a Saturday Night Fever, like, Attica, yeah. Attica. But it's so weird because he's like an Italian meathead, like, hey, <laughs> let's help those poor people of color getting killed by the police, Attica. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, it went through a very strange, uh, like, uh, you know, like yeah. um, tri- trip to become yeah. this thing that like some meathead says in his mirror, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and by the way, I'll just start about it, but just like uh, Tony Monero, whatever his name is. In Tony Sp- Monero, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, Tony Manero. Tony Manero and his yeah. friends are essentially in that crowd in Dog Day Afternoon. I always totally. feel that way. Totally. That that's what's in that crowd so much, you know? Totally. And their girlfriends, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. That the real life Attica thing was like what, like a prison riot where like the prisoners yeah. took over. Well, the prisoners took over, yeah. Right, and then uh, forty people were the, killed or something, right? A lot. It, like guards yeah. were killed. You know, yeah. like like the police just uh, mm-hmm. mowed everybody down because because it went on too long and they got sick of it. And uh, yeah, like guards were killed. It was not That's handled. The, it was sort of right. it was sort of like a Waco kind a of Waco thing. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, that's kind of like why I think it's well used in this movie or why it's effective in this movie because you know Pacino's character the whole time is reminding everybody that they're just going to kill all of you it doesn't matter like right. they're going to kill all the right. hostages they're going to kill because the hostages and, got killed in Attica too yeah so it's oh, like where did they, they're going to they're going to splash our brains out on the sidewalk you know or whatever he says yeah, so yeah, like it yeah. uh, doesn't matter like who gives a fuck anyway it right. doesn't matter you yeah. know so that that's a big part of it that's why it He's, that's on his mind and you know of course um speaking it's of so great oh, just like before we move on just like i just want to shout out real quick that how many of those legendary lines and movies got improvised you know it's so great that, i don't know it's just a wonderful thing like this the magical sure. i don't you know thing that happens on set with like improv yeah i figured attica was in the script yeah it's yeah. improv i, I guess, guess yeah. a lot of the script was improv like in the rehearsal yeah. Um, that Sidney Lumet was like a big rehearsal guy. So they would rehearse for like two weeks right. ahead of, you know, uh, uh, they'd rehearse for like two weeks and then record wow. the, he would encourage the actors to, to like, uh, uh, to improv. And then they would record that. And then the author, the, the author, Frank Pearson would go back and they would incorporate those improvs into, into the, script. the script. So like a lot oh, of the okay. things, a lot of the great, you know, things, I mean, I think that was the Attica thing was improv like on the day. Yeah. But a lot of the script, I guess, came out of those improvs, which is, I think, yeah. what lends at that air of authenticity, you know, one of the from the actors. Totally. One of the other great improv lines from this movie uh, is the line from John Cazale when um, <laughs> when Al Pacino is like, you know, what uh, foreign country do you want to go to? And he's like, Wyoming. Is there any special country you want to go to? Wyoming. You know, and so, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Killer. Just like a great comedy moment, like deadpan. Uh, yes. Pacino's reaction, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it, 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 it surfaces it later, too, when he's talking to people on the phone, you know, or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, Sal uh, thought uh, Wyoming was a country. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Right. No, yeah. but, you know, speaking to um, how, like, in some ways this film is a comedy because the actual yes. event was far, it was a farce. You know, it was yes. a fiasco immediately. He made nothing but bad decisions and it all, never, yeah. nothing went his way. And he's kind of a crazy clown, you know, the, the real guy Pacino's playing. No, but what's great is Pacino, when he's answering the phone quickly, like, uh, you know, like it's an obscene yeah. phone call, like, kill them all. And he's like, hey, it's for you girls, you know, and it's like, yeah. or like he goes, yeah, it's yeah. like, we play the hits, WNEW, you know, like, yeah. like <laughs> and is that no, the real guy? Like, that guy kind of had a wacky sense of humor, the actual person. Maybe. Yeah, well, we should get into that, too. Well, let's uh, get into the real Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Well, I, and I just, uh, real quick before we do, I wanted to say that 
it, yeah. it is great too that this movie has such a great sense of humor and has great one-liners, great comedic timing. It's another thing to it too. It does have that quality of um, you know the situation they find themselves in is can be very humorous and cringe, you know, to watch because you're like, oh my god, right. these fucking guys. But it's that adds to the tension too, and I think that's a great mix when you can balance both those things and. You know, it's a great mm-hmm. it's a great recipe for a very fun movie. Um, but yeah, so the real guy. <laughs> oh my god! So, so John Wadowitz is the name of the real guy. Uh, he went by the name Little John, of course, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. But um, yeah. th- this is a true story, man. This is a, um, a about a guy who, yes, he was you know married to a woman, but he also was married to. Uh, a man who wanted to transition to a woman. And um, this is a real story and was trying to raise money uh, to get the sex change for his partner. And that was why he robbed the bank. And that is kind of one of those truth is stranger than fiction type storylines that you can't just write out of thin air. Of course it has to be real, (laughs) you know? And yeah, yeah. You get laughed out of the the room if you were like, you know, sort of. If you were to propose this, it would like... You know, everyone would be like, "That's a little broad." I'd kind of yeah. let's bring it. <laughs> let's specific. bring his domestic life down a little bit in this script yeah. here. You know, but that's yeah, what happened. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. And there's a great documentary which we should shout out right now for further yeah. reading. If anybody wants to yeah. get into the real yeah. guy behind this, and we definitely recommend this doc because it is great. But Tom and I have a little bit of a history with it. It's a movie called The Dog, which gets into the true story of John Wadowitz. Um, who's quite the character, and, and you had an opportunity to see this at TIFF. Oh, is yeah. that it? At TIFF, yeah. We were at uh, the the film festival TIFF, and uh, I caught it, and I guess you caught it around yep. the same day or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I got this thing. I think we brought this up before. I got festival fever, and you know the case where you can imagine where like uh, I don't know you're in the, you see a lot of movies and one of them doesn't suck and it's kind of shocking and you're like hey this is so good you know like yeah yeah like yeah, i'm yeah. alive again and, yeah. uh, and i got real excited <laughs> yeah. about the doc because i thought the subject was interesting and, and it's a good doc and the guy is a real character and you see him throughout the film but anyway so i the next day i'm telling everyone who will listen including some of your uh co-workers yeah uh yeah. At your distribution place and i was talking everyone's ear off like and i was like this man, this is a this is a smash just waiting to happen. You got this <laughs> angle and that angle, and he's a character, and people are gonna be wearing t-shirts, the dog midnight screenings. I'm kind of kidding, yeah. but I was sort of that excited, and so it's my no, you fault. Were. Yeah. I'm kind of kidding, but like it's my fault that you guys just nodded and went, maybe this guy Tom's onto something. Like, let's, yeah. let's sign up. Let's call up the yep. dog guys. Yeah, and then it flops. Right. So what happened? Yeah, we we um, acquired the film, The Dog. Uh, I was at Draft House Films at the time. But it, it also spoke to everything that I like, too. I love Dog Day Afternoon. I thought this guy was a great character. I mean, it had, you know, this yeah. kind of um, LGBTQ angle to the film that would mm-hmm. appeal to that audience. It would appeal to the, like, real, you know, cinephile audience as well. And it was a great story. And he's a great kind of eccentric Doc character yeah, and those classic are great characters. Films. Yeah, classic Doc eccentric character, and he is. He's like this kind of, 
you know, Queens plumbing guy, you know, but he's always talking about like very sexual things. Like I'm a very yeah. sexual oriented man. I yeah. call myself Little John because my prick is small, you know, and right, it's right. like it's like, like what? Uh, I'm like, hey, hey, could somebody here polish a guy off or what? You know, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. So there's like this cognitive dissonance going on a little bit, mm. you know, yeah. like his his uh, mannerisms. Yeah. Our yeah. very pizza guy and like he's uh, masculine he's very, very masculine yeah. he's like very like yeah. traditional yeah. masculine cool. he's, he's being him yeah he's being he's so being him like you know you know the first time i blew this guy over here and blow that guy over here. yeah exactly and it's just like wow yeah and so it's it's fun you know it's a fun watch <clears throat> but you get into like you know like the, the true love of his life, Ernie, and they got married and they had a whole, you know, marriage and that whole scene is incredible. There's footage of them yeah, getting married. Cool. It's incredible. And then, uh, yeah, um, the, you know, he was trying to raise money for the sex change operation and one thing led to the next. He got involved with um, John Cazale's character, uh, this other guy, um, Sal. I can't remember what his real name is. And I don't think it's Sal, but he was like yeah. 18 years old. And so like the whole like root of the story i mean is all based in reality uh, i think the money figures were different i think that in this in in dog day afternoon he gets he's getting more money um or no wait no no i'm sorry it's the other way around he got more money in the real story i think it was like 40 some grand and then okay. here in this story it's only 1100 dollars, right which adds right. even more dramatic weight that's a great mm, right even though that happened <laughs> Because that because that did happen where he went to the bank in the real story and they he had mistimed the pickup they had already picked up right. all the money and that's such a great like soul crushing I could see the <sighs> yeah. Coen brothers like, you know writing something like womp, that or something womp. yeah yeah exactly exactly so just a great little touch there um, but yeah so for further reading definitely check out the dog it's a yeah. it's a great little let's try to make dog. the dog happen again let's let's like give it another <laughs> yeah. shot everybody everybody yeah. go seek out the dog. It is cool, and it and if you like Dog Day Afternoon, it's a companion piece. You really should watch this documentary. Does he yeah, get into cool. like how much how accurate the film was to you know what really happened? I mean, I guess yeah. it must if he's telling you the story because yeah. I've I've heard him yeah, say like so. you know maybe this is like an older interview but saying like oh that he thinks that only about thirty percent of the movie was actually like a, true you know and that he took some exception to some of the things like you know he didn't actually sell his friend out to the fbi i guess but he didn't like being that was portrayed that way oh that, yeah um, that he sort of be, right uh, that's betrayed his friend but, yeah yeah I'm, I'm sure that that's probably you know somewhere you know between 30 and 50 who knows percent yeah. but like yeah. the 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 nuts and bolts are there and 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 right. some of the more like yeah. You know the crazier, shocking stuff is true. You know, which yeah. is which is which is crazy. Um, I mean, in terms of him kind of becoming this Brooklyn folk hero overnight, for sure is true. You know, yeah. in terms of how he was riling up the crowd and being this kind of charismatic force, and how it did turn into this huge. Well, the thing is, media like you were saying, this this was documented. There's like tons of TV footage of it. As far yeah. as the things outside of the the bank, like it is. You know, yeah. documentary documentation has, has happened. So, uh, you know, and I think the film, the film more or less gets the story right. Like you're saying, you know, I'm sure there's yeah, some details. That the basics. On. And I'm sure he's yeah. extra sensitive to nuanced things that maybe other people would be more forgiving about it being a little loose in the story. You know? Yeah. Like he's, yeah, he's no, no, be exactly. more nitpicky. 
Um, well, do we want to talk about uh, some world class actors that are happening here? Right. Sure. There's a few. Yeah. Into that. There's a few. <laughs> Go for it. Take the lead. You guys are well. Just you know, one of the things that's really cool is uh, John Cazale. John Cazale. John Cazale. John Cazale. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cazale, so uh, Cazale. this is one of the three films of the '70s, and the famous thing is, is that he's, uh, you know, the films he made in the '70s, uh, you know, are all classics. I mean, he went from he's well, five films. Say again. Five. Oh, films. five. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, three like uh, mambo jambos. You know, like so. They're all yeah. pretty big, right? Like. Uh, what are they? Uh, well, the Godfather one, Godfather two. Oh, right. The conversation, right. The Deer Hunter, wow, and Dog Day Afternoon. Dog Day. So he's I was like, lumping he the together. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no. Yeah. So he's Fredo, and then this, and then you wow. know, and then sadly we lose him to cancer around the time of uh, the Deer Hunter. Mm-hmm. But he's you know you know it's become pretty famous in a good way. Like he's he's like a real deep cut legendary uh actor Character and actor. this is yeah. one of one of his moments you know up there with the fredo performance and he's great we were talking about it a little bit like he has the deadpan um style of his characterization the kind yes. of quiet type is is mm-hmm. is inherently funny the way he delivers these lines wisconsin but even that brief conversation he has with the head teller about like yes. why you smoke smoking causes cancer yeah. you know and she's because well, what's great about that scene is that and she's a great actress too but she's right then sizing up uh, I shouldn't be that scared of these guys, like, because they're kind of dopes, and like, yeah, she's kind of seeing down, she's looking down on him, and kind of belittling him, and he's not really pushing back. He's just kind of like, uh, I just want this to kind of be over. Like, very nuanced little performance, but yeah, John Cazale, and um, of course the tour de well, force that is Al Pacino, you know. So I leave it to you guys. Uh, what, what were you gonna yeah. say about John? Oh, just that he's got, you know, he plays that sad sack so well, you know, and mm-hmm. he's got such a subtle performance. And of course, he's got this great look, right? You know, like his yeah. hairline and his like amazing his cut, his haircut, you know, his, his face, he's got a really unique face. But then beyond just his look, he's just such a great, subtle actor. Yeah. And everything I've read about him, it seems like he pushed his other actors to be better. And like, they learned a lot from him. Like, I don't know if it's just them looking back on like, the fact that he died, like, you know, like uh, two years after this movie. It wouldn't surprise you know, the, me, though. But they're talking, yeah. you know, Meryl Streep, who he was like, it was his girlfriend, you know, around the yeah. time that he died. And, right. Amazing. You know, uh, her and uh, Pacino talk about a lot about how his method, like, really sort of inspired them. And, you know, um, anyway, it seems like he was just sort of a tour de force actor that, you know, given, you know, in another 30 years, he could have done some really yes. big, you know, he would have, his yes. career would have kept going. And, and Absolutely. it is sad that we're kind of like uh, robbed of that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Kind of so short, I know. Because so he, you got to appreciate every every little bit you get, and this is uh, yeah one of the, mm-hmm. I'd say one of the big three performances. Totally, and and, and, he, and you 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 see like in this movie, I'll just say real quick, you he is a hundred and fifty percent inhabiting that character, like to the mm-hmm. point where yes, you can tell. Um, I think like you know, uh, Ramy talks about this too a lot. Um about uh when we know like when we're noticing a truly great performance is when you can tell the actor is thinking like the character thinks you know like you can see the inner thought process of how that character would be thinking Mm -hmm. and contemplating something and then their logic becomes real and and in that moment when he's talking about the cigarette and being a Catholic, kind of being contradictory and a little like, you know, whatever. That's so weird true logic. to 
weird logic, but like being so like, you know, convinced of it and doubling down on it is such yeah. a kind of like just real three-dimensional kind of, you know, flawed is not the right word, but just, you know, 360 degree of this kind of, you know, um, obtuse kind of guy in New York, yeah. you know, like it's, yeah. it's a perfect... You know, yeah, Brooklyn and, logic. <laughs> John and, and Brooklyn logic. Yeah. And he yeah. doesn't inhabit that guy. I mean, that's yeah. like, uh, like he. I think one of the things that you guys, you and Ramey were saying is like, a great actor doesn't betray the character they're playing. I mean, yeah. what I mean is like, he never uh, loses a, a second of understanding <clears throat> that his face and his behavior and what he does and does not do, uh, it has to be on point because I'm not John, I'm this guy during this mm -hmm. film shoot and he mm -hmm. never betrays it he never lets up mm -hmm. and same thing with pacino who's I, become sort of clownish over the years but he really kills it here too yeah <laughs> i think with casal it's like it's you almost it's almost uh you almost you, he inhabits the role so fully that it, it comes off so naturally you just kind of assume you almost forget that he's acting and you just assume that he is that character so in a way right. he almost doesn't get as much credit until you sit and analyze right. what's going on you know someone like pacino is like uh he's a great actor of course but he's so much bigger and he is doing a stage thing and you know he's just, he's so charismatic he's a great actor but you are i think at least conscious that he's acting on some level like i'm watching an al pacino movie and i'm like damn this guy's a great actor but with Cazal, i'm just like i just accept right. that he yeah. is that person you know he what I mean? is and i think yeah. that's yeah. what I mean. you never catch him actually yeah. you never catch him acting well, he also, is that person the characters they're playing are so inherently different i don't know much about the sal guy but yeah. i know a lot about the dog is this person we were yeah. referring to earlier you know the subject yeah. of the documentary and he really is larger than life mm. and he does say crazy shit and you know like and yeah. so pacino was born to play a character like that and he does yeah. a beautiful job you know right. he does man he really does he does like you know yeah like you were saying pacino's kind of become a caricature of himself in a lot of ways with you know probably the last half of his you know career and the things that he's done <laughs> in the last whatever 25 years plus Duncanino yeah exactly um but with this you know it, it's really a nice reminder of like yeah no he is a really good actor but he also can yeah. be very nuanced and again i mean old school method but i mean he re where he goes with this movie and the range that he goes with this movie yeah. the callback to those phone conversations he's having when he's on television okay. and all that stuff is just that's some phenomenal shit you know yeah. in terms of like mm -hmm. that's just, real and just the life. slow the, the the slow the narrative of the slow gravity sinking in of uh uh okay this was uh, risky let's do a heist it's going badly and now i'm lost and i'm flailing it's basically a, a 90 minutes of a guy flail two hours of a guy flailing and trying to scramble thing everything together but the thing is in the in the in the strangeness of the circumstance this guy this character this person Pacino's playing he is in a way on a stage because the world is mm -hmm. the cops the tellers yeah. are all looking at him like what are you doing and he's like I don't know we're gonna do this now like uh yeah. hold on a second you know like, like let me figure this out you know and he is sort of on this bizarre stage right. and we're watching him too as, as you know the viewers and I just love seeing this person almost like realizing this isn't really gonna add up but I'm just gonna throw a Hail right. Mary and right. we, that's all yeah yeah i think that's and, a major theme of this movie you know is, yes uh you know and and intentionally not even just accidentally so like i think that like um lumet told pacino you know this is this character's day in the sun you know mm -hmm. and then 
Pacino kind of mar- let that marinate in, mm-hmm. and then you know uh, he said that he realized that this character actually wanted wanted to get caught and he wanted to be seen. You know, he wanted the world to see him. Oh, so he yeah, is sort sense. of like. You know, it does kind of divert. Like the, the the robbery is over in the first like two minutes, right? Yeah. And then he starts to yeah. use it yeah, as man. his stage. It's his fifteen minutes right there. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. And that's a big part of the whole television thing we were talking about too. Um, and but also there's like this kind of tragic, the slow burn tragedy to the character too, because yes. us as the audience knows where this is going like we know that the plane is not going to happen he's not going to be able to leave the country there's no way that is but you know in in his mind he's convincing himself and he's convincing everybody else he's 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 he's, he's a salesman he's kind of a born salesman in a lot of mm-hmm. ways that that he is that, that this is going to happen and there's that kind of tragic undertone to everything also with this that's like Man, this isn't yeah. going to work out for you at all. Yeah. Um, well, he's he's like a jive talking, you know, Brooklyn street guy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. He's like, uh, all right, like uh, I'll be right back. I'll I'll get the stuff, and you stay here. And why don't you give me the money first? So you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. He's got that blue collar jiving thing. Yeah, it's just that yeah, exactly. chari- that Pacino charisma that makes him so sympathetic, you know. And yeah. like, I feel like you're never against this character, you know. Even when he's kind of selling his friend out, maybe at the very end, you feel That's a little tough. bit like, "Hey, that was kind of fucked up, yo, what you did." But I think up to that point, you're kind of rooting for him. You're you're with him, even though you know he's a fuck up, that he's incompetent. Sure, that, you know he's. He's also a good person, right? He doesn't start the robbery until the lady with the baby leaves. You know, he's immediately right. like right. looking out for the welfare of all the he hospitals. Gets Howard, I know. You know. He gets the poor guard Howard out of there. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's, Howard's my MVP. The this security no, guard, totally the poor guy. But how about how about who's got to go to the bathroom? Okay, who's got to go to the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, and then it's like yeah. it's like. And yeah, John, asking because Ali's like, yeah, they're all gonna go now. Like they all want to. <laughs> yeah, go. I know. Like, <laughs> and that's that's great because that's like the stalling of like what's gonna get them caught and the police being there like right away. It's the opposite yeah, of but, straight time, you know. It's like, yeah. oh my god, yeah, like, yeah. it's true. Yeah, who, who's gonna go to the situation where like right. you you cause all this grief in people's life and then you have to then you start to take care of them to make them feel I better. Love it. You know what I mean? Like I he is now. the yeah. source of all that misery, but then he's like. Who who wants who's hungry? Can we get some air conditioning? Well, I, I, then he starts smothering everybody. I don't know. I, I have some thoughts on that because he to the tellers, he is one of them. He's part of their community. Like he's right. not some scary guy from like some foreign place. Like he's up the street, you know, and like so they know like, all right, like I've met weird street losers like this guy and they kind of fuck up and they're drunk and like they kind of get it. They 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 know that he's of their world. You know, yes, that's an important class. thing because, yes, and that's a huge important theme of the film as well, too, which we should talk about. Because mm-hmm. in the real story, uh, uh, John Wadowitz was a bank teller. So he that is how he knew the inner right. workings of how the bank works. And that's alluded to in the film, too, when Pacino knows that you know the manager is going to use that special key that's going to trip the alarm and everything. Yeah. That's alluded to. But this movie is sort of about a class warfare as well too and also you know how the man is keeping you down and the way things are in terms of how unfair it is we can't you know you can't afford to take care of your family and to do everything and there's a great that is a huge theme of this movie and there's and and that scene i was talking about where 
you know, he's uh, where Sonny Al Pacino is talking to the reporter on television from inside the bank. And they're asking, why are you doing this? And he's like, what do you mean? Why am I doing this? Because they got money here, you know, <laughs> whatever. and right, it's great. Right. And he's like, uh, well, how come you don't just get a job? And he's like, well, if you want a job, you need to be part of a union. And, uh, you know, why not a non-union job? Well, and then he's like, what's the matter with this guy? Is this guy, you know, out of his fucking mind? Yeah. You know, like that's not yeah, how yeah, things yeah. work, you know, like and what does um, he not get here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's a big part well, of the movie is this kind of, right. you know, commentary you know on. It's a big that. part of the mid 70s, you know. Yes. Uh, to yeah. put it in its place, like uh, there was a lot of discontentment by the middle of the 70s. And this was the time. I don't know. I, I keep reading more about how like devastating the um, the uh, inflation was because mm-hmm. <laughs> we had our moment with inflation recently, but it wasn't that bad. Like all those gas lines and like. Uh, People, you know, that's why there's hamburger helper because meat was wow. just beyond your your budget. You couldn't mm-hmm. afford it. You couldn't get a steak, you know. And it was really shocking to everybody that they suddenly were basically poorer than they were like a year before. And there was right. a lot of discontentment of the lower working class people because mm-hmm. they felt like they uh, were getting the shaft. Especially Jesus in New York City in the mid seventies. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. there's right. like a historical moment we talked about before. We're like uh, in New York City around this time too. Where like the New York couldn't sell any bonds, you know, so they started to right. default on all their loans, and like sure. and everything started to just decay after that, right? Like, That's right. right. Oh yeah. 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 Exactly. And so it's like we're living right in that, and and this is kind of like, you know, a huge statement about. Yeah, this the snapshot of this time, what it's like to be a working class person and how unfair the system is right, and right. sort of everything. And that's why, and, by the way, we were just saying it like, why is he a folk hero instantly? Because people yes. wanted to have a folk hero like that, you know, like yes. a Billy Jackish for the Brooklyn kind of guy, you know, like fighting back. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I don't know what yeah, he's yeah. doing. I don't know who he is, but like, give him yeah. hell. Give the banks hell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. Exactly. And the authorities, too. Right. You know, like yeah. and the cops, cops. you know, yeah, and the yeah, cops are part of it. I, I love I mean, visually yeah. how they set that up too. Just in the film, like you know, he's one guy, and every time he goes outside, it's a full panorama of about six hundred yeah. cops. You know, and yeah, it's like, it's like a, almost right. like a, a like a military, you know, like a war movie or something outside. There's so many cops with guns. authoritarian. And the every end time of the Blues Brothers, <laughs> right? Some of those, some of those <laughs> Blues Brothers. <Sorry>. Okay, <laughs> some of those shots, even like the close-up shots of like a cop of cops, like. In the um, in the barber shop where, where Charles Durning's mm-hmm. talking to uh, to Leon, like if you look, it, it's deep. There'll be like fifty cops in that frame, and it's a close up on Leon. But there's just so many people packed in the frame. Right. You know, right. he's just sort of yeah. like reiterating uh, just the, the the imbalance of how many cops came out. Overwhelming to, solve, to like uh, uh, to counteract these two you know bumbling like Keystone crooks. You know, right? Keystone working class like neighborhood guys. Can I bring yeah. up one little thing that I found really in a recent watch, a really chilling little transitional moment that speaks to what we're talking about? It's um, Charles Durning was the negotiator, and he's like you know yeah. from precinct to thirteen down the road, right? More or less, uh-huh. fat uh-huh. Irish cop Charles Durning. You know, like come on, let's talk, Sonny. You know, but then yeah. <laughs> he goes out of the bank when it, it gets dark. Uh, Pacino's character, and he's like, uh, hey. Where's uh, the Charles Durning guy, you know? And he's like, he's not here, Sonny. And then suddenly you're looking at like the FBI, G-Men, mm-hmm. Feds. Yeah. And suddenly the film, it feels like uh, all the president's men has walked into the set of, of totally. this film. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like basically, you know, like three piece kind of shitty 
but expensive suits and like haircuts it gets and like colder. deadpan, yeah. cold mm-hmm. eyes, not smiling. Yeah. And that really yeah. chills me when, cause Sonny knows what's going on. He's like, uh, Ooh, the Durning guy's gone. Not right. Good. Because well, yeah, this yeah. is the FBI and the guy's ice cold, but then, he kept uh, just, thinking he was going to get a better deal, you know, with with Durning. He kept thinking, like, I'm not going to talk yeah. to you. I'm going to talk. Give me the higher ups. They can make yeah. the real deals. And then when yeah. he finally gets the higher up, it's like, Ugh. The, the FBI yeah. guy even says, like, no more talking, right. Sonny. <laughs> you know, something like yeah. that. But the other little thing, and I'm just, I'm going to open it up to you guys, but like, I love this creepy FBI guy. But what I really love is the street smarts exhibited by Pacino when they get the uh, the limo to drive to the airport yeah. and it's yeah. uh, you know it's a black guy the big afro and he's like man i saw you on the tv and like my girlfriend you know this and that like trying to you know trying to be working class street yes. level with the pacino yeah. character cosplay pacino working goes, class cosplay pacino, <laughs> yeah right right and then pacino eventually goes like get him out out right now and he's like everybody's faking it everybody thinks i'm stupid you know because he saw right through it and uh mm-hmm. what do you guys think of that moment i thought that was so cool i love it's that it's great because like yeah yeah it's amazing it's like you know he has the street smarts more so than even we do you know to detect that yeah you what know? gave it away say- like you know i feel like it's lost a little bit like since the the manner of speaking has changed you know just in the the sort of slang is different and there was obviously some sort of street kind of thing like you said that, that gave it away like the guy was putting it on but i i, I think he laid it i was on impressed they figured it out too because I, I didn't i think i think it wasn't what he said i think he laid it on too thick well it's right, hard right. to detect it's hard to detect in a movie too you know he's talking like, too much right like oh I well, guess he's talking yeah. too street level you know like yeah right yeah right yeah, trying right. to aim for the white meat he said you know before he's getting oh the yeah that's what it was right that's what it was that's what it yeah, was. That's, that's the right. pivotal yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, oh, well, okay, like, uh, why don't you like revise your script, guys, and uh, get me another driver? Him, give me him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I thought that was. The, there's these the androids from Alien. <laughs> that, right, <laughs> but there's these latter parts of this movie that are um, a little under uh, represented as, as far as the famous moments of the movie. But I love basically when it gets dark. That's all I wanted to give a shout out. Yeah, to. yeah, no, well, totally. It's uh, a one day uh, movie. And, it's all one yeah, day. You know, right. I love that. Yeah, one dog day. Sorry, go ahead, Evan. No, no, yeah, no, no, of course. And just, just one thing I wanted to say, just when Marcus, you were talking about the cops and those panning shots, you know, mm-hmm. like, I think that's also like, it, it's, it's, it's overkill, you know, it's, it's like, do we yeah, really need 40 snipers and all these cops and to create a scene out of this? And I think that's like also Attica. the commentary, right? That, that is part of the social commentary on that end too. And I think that's what, yeah. you know, yes. Sonny is seeing and the, un, it's not kind of a little unnecessary the, the amount of force that they use. And this is a good sort of uh, transition point too to uh, one of the great moments in the film. I mean, probably the penultimate moment because this, mo- this movie is a pressure cooker and a lot of the scenes are playing out long. You know, we talked about the phone calls. We've talked about just these great little dialogue set pieces in the, in the bank. Um, and, and uh, you know, the, the, the movie takes its time with its edits. It's not zippy. It's, you know, lets it breathe. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, there's a moment where um, Pacino gets a tip that something's happening in the back of the building and the cops yeah. are messing around back there. And then he decides. It's kind of Dawn of the Dead like. Sure. Do you know what yeah. I mean by that? You know? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like they realize it there's is. a weak spot in the mall. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And their little like office area. Yeah. So, so basically, <laughs> yeah, he, he, you know, uh, uh, Pacino fires a shot, and immediately, 
the editing kicks into gear and you're Dude. seeing this chain reaction of everyone's uh, response to that bullet being Cascading fired. Cascading response. Wow. Yeah. That's some of the best yeah. editing ever. And the overhead shots, like the the uh, the mm -hmm. variety of shots, and they're mm -hmm. like one, like less than a second doom, doom, succession doom, of shots. Doom, doom, doom. Dope. Yeah. It is dope and it's great. And it's like musical. You have to have you have to have the absence of that in a in a film, you know, so you can really appreciate when something like that does happen. It's punctuated know? by otherwise yeah. not occurring. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So it can't be that the whole fucking way through just for that one moment. And then that one moment becomes like, you know, yeah. so iconic. And Message incredible. to every director in the last 20 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no <laughs> shit. Um, anyway. So, yeah, love that. Um, you know, yeah, love all these kind of like um, just weird characters that pop up in this movie. You mentioned the pizza guy. You know, and just all these other little moments that really just make this movie feel more realistic. You know, guys like that, characters like that, you know. Um, secretaries. It's amazing. The secretaries. The secretary, uh, Carol Kane. Right? Carol her. Kane. Yeah. yeah. Oh, She's my God. Great. Yeah. So I love good. when she pops up. Like, yeah. I'm in Annie Hall. I'm in uh, Carnal Knowledge. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Last Detail. I'm in. Um, what's the. Uh, don't answer the phone. The, 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 the one with. Uh, the babysitter. She's the babysitter. What's oh, that movie called? Wow. When a stranger calls. You know. When a stranger calls. Oh my god! Great movie. I just love when she pops. Um, up. Very like totally. Reassuring. Yeah, me too. Oh, she's great. I right? wish she. I wish she would just pop up in movies forever and just I'm be staying. the same. You know. <laughs> yes, um, it's all the same character. Go ahead. Yeah, but there's some other good. Uh, like I was talking earlier about the performance by the the head teller, the older woman. Yeah, she great. is so. Irish pub, like like running into the Irish pub, grabbing her husband, kind of you know like like the fighter you know kind of mm -hmm. thing. Totally, uh, she, she's so great, and it's the yeah, it's the way that she side because you know the thing is these street smart people, and it's it's kind of corny to say this, but I think it's partly true, is that these people are you get so street smart, and there's no BS here, no one's reading Kierkegaard or anything, and they one thing you get when you're street smart is you really can size someone up fast you know what i mean because yeah. you gotta you know you're gonna do that or you're not gonna make it and like she sizes the way she sizes up sunny and there's something about it there's multiple emotions happening in that scene for me when she again yeah she's sizing up sunny and she's like i feel like she's like uh wow this guy is not a threat like i was scared of him in this circumstance but these are goofy guys and they're gonna like uh, trip all over themselves and make big mistakes. And I'm gonna basically go home tonight in a few hours. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, like yeah. because she just saw like who am I? Who are we really dealing with here? Yeah. Pacino's flailing around and yelling and making changing his mind. And Sonny's just like, you smoke, you know? So right. <laughs> There's a little bit of that that Stockholm syndrome thing kicks in right away, and they're kind for of her? like, uh, well, just for the whole gang. You right. know what I mean? Like they're all. Hanging, it's almost like they're hanging out after a certain point. I know. You know? So, yeah. well, there is, there is this quality too where they do want to stick kind of by their side too. It's weird. Like they do develop kind of a bond with, yeah. um, well, it's kind of what you're saying with Stockholm Syndrome, but they do kind of develop this bond with, you know, Sonny and Sal to the point where they want to stay in the bank, you know, and there's a great I little know. moment too. Mm -hmm when i can't remember the darker haired bank teller her name but she's also a great character too and she pops Maria? up at the end of the film maybe yes she gives the rosary no. beads 
Oh, the sorry. rosary beads. Yeah, no, you're right. Maria. She, Maria. I think you might be right. She, she, she gives Sal the rosary beads, of course, moments before he's shot. Great yeah. little detail, heartbreaking yeah. little detail. I love that because yeah. it alludes that they've had a little story going on that we didn't see. You know what I mean? That they got close. Yeah. We don't we don't yeah. see Sal the whole time, right? It seems like That's they true, might have right, for sure. Bit, like while yeah. Pacino's off making phone calls or whatever, you know. I love that it gives a little bit of something to think about. Like, oh, those guys bonded too, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I they think it probably really is like just, they have the Catholicism thing, you know, in common, right? Oh God. You know? I bet they talked about uh yeah. belief, you know, in God. You <laughs> yeah. know, I, I also think I just think there's a, like what I was saying earlier about the head teller, there's like um there's a lot of pity. Because, like, I think they all independently and somewhat together, all the tellers realize, like, we're not in that much trouble. Those guys are in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how yeah. it's going to work out, but they're kind of fucked, jail yeah. or death. And they almost just feel like whatever bad thing for you guys is going to happen soon enough. And so there's just pity. And, like, they just know that because they're just these guys aren't up for it. They weren't up for the heist, but they also aren't up for something super high stakes and rock and roll is this thing. And certainly not against yeah. the fucking FBI. I, I, think, I think I read that detail right. where she she leaves, uh, and they like they give her the option to leave the head teller, and she's like, "No, I'm going back in with the, mm-hmm. my girls or whatever." I heard that's a real that really happened. That was in like the Life magazine article yeah. okay. that, that, that caught their attention. Right. We should mention the Life magazine article. Of course, was the basis of what was adapted for. We um, post a link to that. Yeah, we will. It'll be a link in the description to that. I'll okay. cut to some pictures of it here too. Great Life magazine article that sort of was the basis. And you can see a lot of the pictures used in the article are like, they look just like frames I from know. Dog Day Afternoon if you if you don't look close. <laughs> he looks yeah, like we're studying, studying, you know, you know right. yeah. like uh, Sonny's look, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. The unkempt One white thing, button shirt, you know. <laughs> yeah, amazing. One thing we should say before we run out of time is we should also bring up, of course, Chris Sarandon, who does yes. play Leon. You know, because again, another great performance. Uh, it's wild. You know, it's wild, and it's in terms of his like sort of, you know, uh, com- his final his conversation with Sonny on the phone. Yeah, it's great stuff. You know, obviously he's coming in kind of semi canatonic from you know being in a mental institution, like, right. and that's Probably just a moment up. where like, yeah, no, no, exactly. And like and like just imagining that scene. I mean, you saw it first run, but you probably didn't know what was going on. But for no, a I lot didn't. of moviegoers at the time, it's it's kind of like, holy shit, like that's probably, you know, pushing some boundaries, you know, for the time just to have a character like that in a movie. And then you also yeah. realize that Pacino is playing a gay character, mm-hmm. which in nineteen seventy five is not something that most male leads were even considering right. or doing at the time. You know, so yeah. that's bold. Well, and there. also, like you're so saying, whole, it's it's yeah. it's partially incidental. Like it's not the end all be all of 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 Pacino's character because no. there were other gay yeah. characters at the time. But it was like yeah. that was you know straight up and down like what the whole thing was about. But it's like that is another part of Sonny, who's otherwise this you know inept bank robber. You know what I mean? So yeah. that right. I think that was in a right. weird way. Uh, pretty we don't see a lot of like leading men main character role for like a leading man to be gay at that time, right? I mean, just in general. No, yeah. On that level, on that scale, like no, you know. It, uh, but you know, I, I, so. I heard him talk about I how his his type was new too. You know, like the way he looked and stuff, like Dustin sure. Hoffman, that style right. of like actor 
was a brand new, fresh look in the early seventies. You know, yeah. sure. So Robert you know. Redford anymore? So much the leading right. man. <laughs> yeah, like gr girls would have Dustin Hoffman and Pacino posters <laughs> on their wall when they would have Steve McQueen like five years before. Right, it's true. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a big market yeah. shift. But but back to kind of like the the atmosphere of like um uh, the the gay uh, portion of the film. It's like uh, there is a really grim moment that happens, like I referred to earlier, where. He's this street folk hero, you know, like Attica. Yeah. You tell him, Sonny, and then they, and then they, uh, you know, they they see his uh, his partner, his wife, uh, and and they're like, uh oh, this guy's gay, and like you know, a lot of loud rumbling, and then the audience, or sorry, the crowd just turns on him, and it's just so fugly and so predictable, and it's so tri-state area, you know, in the past, it's just like absolute <laughs> straight up and down steel belted homophobia you know what i mean from like very catholic real nightmare stuff and that's that's a very ugly thing to dive headfirst into in the mid-70s yeah. which is i think that's something that people really did not cover mm -hmm. which was like super ugly homophobia uh yeah. that was commonplace you know at that's the time in true. america but really in new york city you know like uh really fugly stuff you know right. and I there mean, was a little mini like sort the, of yep. yeah i was just gonna well, say there is like the it, gay it, community there's a little stone wall that develops you know yes yeah. yeah yeah and then but then you do see members of the gay community right you know kind of coming cool. and rallying down there and then I kinda, know. there's that yeah. great panning shot where you're seeing everybody in the crowd who's supporting yeah. once they he's find out that a new folk gay hero and, <laughs> you know he's a new folk hero yeah, <laughs> yeah which is wild. even yeah which it is, is very wild. cool it's, like it's like rock and roll gay bank teller shoving it you know sticking it to the man you know what i mean like yeah i, I bet people love that you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and it does it does you know like th this movie too like reminds me of another great film too um it reminds me of have you, have you guys ever seen ace in the hole the uh, billy wilder film you know right. it, no. it does never seen it oh shit wow no i've heard uh, of it but i have heard good it, yeah. things oh man uh kirk yeah. kirk douglas you know plays this um uh, reporter who basically intentionally keeps a man buried in this <laughs> um, like right. uh, cave uh, and he basically creates a media frenzy around it like you know he uh, tampered oh, with wow. the evil native spirits that are in the mountains and they're keeping him pinned there but they could have easily saved him but they make it a whole right. spectacle for weeks on end and yeah but it's really it, sad uh, and, um, but it's a good know. story so keep it keep it going uh, that's <laughs> yeah sick. and so it but it does have, uh, but I I do really appreciate that um, about this movie is it does feel like it's very in the zeitgeist. The idea of like a movie like Network, which is around this time, or something like this same director. live, same director of this like kind of you know new American sort of yeah you know media frenzy phenomenon and is, is America's uh, reflecting on the ubiquity for the past twenty odd years of television and like. Like, there was a lot of reflection like what is what is this doing to us exactly right well, king and of comedy it's, it's, to explore that too right <laughs> but like, it's sure. so quaint yeah. to look at that yeah. and at, at the uh, being alarmed then about <laughs> the media at the time in our insane nightmare cesspool that we're in now Ooh. You know I mean? it's just sort of all quaint. These, all these Christ. podcasts and stuff <laughs> 
Can I do yeah. a, can I do a, can I do a quick shout out to the just the DP yeah. for a second? Uh, Victor sure. Kemper, amazing like uh, roster of things he did. He also did Friends of Eddie Coyle, The Gambler, oh. Mikey and Nikki, Slapshot, The Jerk, wow. The Lonely Guy, Xanadu, Mr. Mom, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Rest in Peace, Paul Rubens, Clue, oh, yeah, oh God, The Eyes of Laura Mars, Beethoven, Jingle All the Way. I'm just like cherry picking some of the Fucking ones that Beethoven, you've heard of, son. you know. But yeah. I know it's just it's just. <laughs> I'm not saying like, hey, Beethoven's no, a wild. great movie. But I'm just like, wow, the guy fucking worked. No, he got know? around. No, yeah. <laughs> he did. There's some, there's some big chunky yeah. classics. There's some, a title that you mentioned that might be coming up soon. Even there is maybe a few. Uh, Mr. Mom no. coming soon to one no. fucking hour. Um, no, the thing I was I, I just movie. real quick as we're I'm, oh yeah, it's amazing. One thing um, as we're looking uh, counting down the the last minute here. One thing I thought was very interesting is that the production actually acquired the life rights to the real hostages that were there. Um, not all of them, but most of them actually yeah, received yeah. a little check in order to uh, be a part of the, uh, for their story to be well, part good. of the film. Right. And I didn't know this, but um, the real character of Sal, um, he, uh, Warner Brothers actually wound up paying for his funeral. I didn't know that because this movie was in development Ooh. for so long you know before wow. that so pretty wild though that the film you know wow. does that and then of course we should mention as evidence in the dog the documentary the money mm. that um that uh he got from the the life rights paid for his partner sex change operation through from the wow. studio so stranger than fiction all right yes there it, there is. it is oh yeah nice the novelization awesome. Uh, perfect okay everybody uh, that was one fucking hour yeah, on dog day afternoon there we go i'm sweating big old forgot lesson. to turn the air conditioning on yeah of course yeah you have to for Amazing. this movie you have to just get sweaty to, so. it's up there with um yeah. right gotta sweat it out uh but yeah we had done recently uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest like there's some big chunkin killer 1975 movies you know Right Solo decade. Solo is 1975, bitch. It's true. So yeah, but uh, <laughs> we also didn't pick. Oh, by the way, the 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 losing streak for the Altman films continues. By the way, yes. Uh, <laughs> so Nashville is doing Popeye. <laughs> right. Yeah. But this uh, Nashville is is to me weirdly Nashville is the 1975 movie. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. It's America. Like the whole film yeah. is America. You know. So maybe we'll yeah. return to that one. So I yes, think, moving forward, I think what we'll do. I think what we'll do sometime, I don't know, maybe the end of this year, maybe beginning of next, I think we'll have to do an Altmania and we'll just do a month of Altman or yeah. something. We'll we'll, sure. we'll yeah. do something to catch this up because totally. I don't know what's going on, but we do well. have a banger coming up. Like we have a banger oh, year of 77. If you guys, not next week, but if you guys don't vote, you have like you have one big last Altman chance, everybody. Yes. So, don't screw it up. I'm just don't kidding. fuck it up. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about next week, guys, because uh, we have another poll coming your way uh, for the year 1976. So episode 76 will be next week. You'll pick one of these four films to vote on from 1976. And uh, if you're not sure, not familiar how to do that, you go to our Instagram, a profile page at one fucking hour, click on the stories and you'll be able to vote um, if you're watching this within the first 24 hours of this episode going live. Uh, you'll be able to vote on one of these four movies for next week. So let's talk about what the movies are for 1976. These are fucking 
bangers. Okay, so <laughs> any one of these are going to be great. I'm very excited about this. We're now we're getting into some really interesting territory. 76, 77, 78, yeah. 79, 80. It's, it's going to be incredible. We're almost so, getting into a, a new cusp, actually, too. Cusp. Yes, uh, our cusp. You know, <laughs> thank God. Some, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Our cusp, uh, yeah. man. This is our cusp. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, well. Okay. So what do we got? Okay. So option number one from 1976 is our first De Palma. It could be our first ever De Palma that we have. We will discuss on the channel, and it's really one of his best. Um, I mean, it's probably one of his most famous, but it also really is an incredible film. One fucking hour on Carrie. OMG. Such starring John Powerful. Yes. Tony Monero. <laughs> but such a powerful fucking movie. Of course, Stephen King adaptation, his first book. Um, but just really, really, truly horrifying and effective, emotional, sad. It's not a yeah. sad horror film. We talked about with Death Dream, a sad yeah. horror film. Absolutely. Carrie is a sad horror film, too. Yeah. yeah no, it's, totally. It's, uh, well, the way yeah. I see it is I'm going to be the guy. Sorry not sorry is I'm not really into De Palma <laughs> usually, but I love this film because my theory is that him not being so into him, him being him, like it's offset by two huge things going on here. The first uh, Stephen King novel killer and Sissy yeah. Spacek, you know, her star. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be the wow. same film if it wasn't Sissy Spacek, but a uh, very special Agreed. film, very sad, but I've always felt that, I, I would I wouldn't mind the film if it just ended happily at the at the prom actually like I could live without the horrifying bloody destruction. that's your intermission like, it, that's yeah, your intermission yeah that's my new intermission like, <laughs> star. Yeah. No, I would love it if she just like danced with that the blonde haired weird guy and it just was like yeah and she's happy in the end you know so what I'm saying is that does exist no it's upsetting it. it's very upsetting it's very upsetting no film. I know, all right, I know. All right, yeah save it um, for the episode we will but we will. okay also, you're right thank you thank you and <laughs> it's okay. a good mix. Um, it is, but I think for fodder for future episodes is more De Palma. I like the friction of you not liking De Palma. I like De Palma. I think yeah. there's some good friction for mind. future episodes. <laughs> Ch- yes, we should do that. We should do that as another yeah, month. Please. Okay. I, 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 option, I welcome all comers. <laughs> option number two. Man, this is one of my favorite movies from the 70s, man. This is. One of my faves. Um, and we mentioned it on this episode uh, tonight. Uh, All the President's Men. One fucking hour fucking on great. that. Holy Killer. shnikes. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Talk about another movie Hollywood should watch again uh, just to figure out how to make yeah. movies again. Like, yeah. <laughs> just again, yeah. incredible performances. Yeah. Not dressed or up in any sort of journalists should watch to learn how to journalism again. <laughs> yeah, that's right? true sure, too. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, just well, you know, he's still, obviously he's the still big rocking and rolling though. He uh, is. He uh, is. Uh, he is. You know, Bob uh, Woodward. Are they both out? Yeah, uh, they both. They're both. They're out both there, around. Right? Bernstein's around, but like yeah. Woodward is still like, you know, hitting he's the rocking bricks. It. You know, like he's still yeah. very relevant <laughs> and active. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's a great movie. <laughs> totally. Like, uh, well, I love. I know it sounds weird, but I love Washington D.C. set movies. Because sure. it's a very sure. big city, but it's under uh, utilized as a city, and just oh, it's yeah. great. Uh, it could be boring, but it's not. They make it interesting, and uh, the two lead guys so are good, great. man. The performance. Uh, any movie where you're e- eating McDonald's at four in the morning and working, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
It's so good. So uh, one fucking hour and all the president's men. I'm sure Raimi's going to want to get on that action too. It's one of her favorite movies ever. Um, So that's option number two. Option number three is another banger. And this would be our first look, indirect look at John Cassavetes. Um, And of course, this uh, DP of tonight's film, Dog Afternoon, shot this film. We're talking Mikey and Nikki, directed by Elaine May. Uh, this is our second Elaine May poll uh, entry, because um, right. we had we had uh, your, your favorite uh, heartbreak kid. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Mikey and Nikki, man, it's it's incredible. The it's improv so between mm-hmm. John it's, Cassavetes and Peter Falk is some of the funniest so fucking good. shit I've ever seen on. It's an all nighter, you know. And what was the yeah. deal? It didn't it didn't come out like. Or like there was like a, a, a wrong edit, a different edit of it that was released, right? Like we only see it in the incarnation we have now as of no, the last like 10 years or something. Right? I don't th- like that. think so. There's some sort of release think, problems with it, but so, you know. Yeah. Well, I know that it took like, I think it held the record at one point, maybe it still does, for like some of the most shot film ever for a movie, you know, uh, like which we'll get into. Takes. It has a, cr- it, it, wow. maybe you're, maybe oh. you're kind of, conflating it with just that it was an insane edit process they shot so much film they wow. they just rolled on everything and sort of wow. had to cobble together this movie and it took a very long time and that is part of the john cassavetti's process as well too with his movies right, right. He, he he takes a year or two to cut his movies so That's um true, but yeah. it's it's an incredibly funny i mean peter so falk good. peter falk when he's in full blue collar new york bonehead mode is <laughs> one of my favorite things ever and he is oh, on sure. full display here so i i love and mikey and like, nikki peter yeah, falk the guy like, from all the marbles yeah mr the star marbles. of all the Mar- yeah. marbles <laughs> right. he's in another movie all the marbles we, we oh, just yeah. discovered that <laughs> no it's great movie. it's an all-nighter all and uh yeah. it's like a low rent tiny small dark new york city in, in the middle of that. it's really cool and i th- i think it's actually yeah. even today still more unknown than it should be it's not on the tip it of is. everyone's tongue, you know, it, and it's very, it's very cool. It should cool be a bigger watch. thing. Yeah. That, yeah. So, so that's one of the choices. Yeah. So good. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, Elaine May is so underrated, so ahead of her time. I mean, I you know, she has a very bizarre career. I mean, with Ishtar and everything, she's very kind of, you know, just not. Yeah, I don't know. People, whatever. But she is sleeping on shit. 70s movies, you know. She does. Good as yeah, any. She does. A good new as leaf. Oh my god, it's great stuff. Okay, and the last option, of course, is oh boy, this is going to be an interesting one. We're talking Roman Polanski's The Tenant uh, from mm, 1976. Right. One, it's actually of, one the, of the first, you know, kind of art housey type foreign movies I ever saw. My dad showed it to me as a kid. Oh, and shit. It messed me up wow. pretty good, you know. Yeah. So, uh, dude, it's great, it's a messed up film. <laughs> uh, written by one of those panic guys. Remember, I was talking about the panic movement. Oh, of I didn't know that. Arabal and uh, Odorowski, and the other guy was um, Topor, <laughs> and he wrote this. Oh yeah, uh, wow. so it's oh, got he a, did. It's, got this in here. it's like you're born of like a surrealist crazy man. It you feels know, like and, that, uh, and it's a nightmare. Yeah. It's and then they got Isabella Johnny. Uh, recurring yeah. her role as the insane, you know, the the wacky uh, girlfriend, a wacky wacky girl. She's got just like crazy character. Mm-hmm. You know, she plays the kind of loons, I guess. Right, a lot, like so. she possession Adele yeah. H. She also mm-hmm. said, "No, it's yep. it's a monster." Yeah, we haven't done Europe it's in great. a while, so that would be cool. 
You Here know. we go. Yeah, the tenant. It's amazing. It's this you know psychological thriller, but it's also very funny. And of course, any movie where you know the lead character uh, moves back a piece of furniture and finds a tooth uh, stuck in the wall, you know, is a is a, is, is going to be a great film. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, the Sign tenant. Up. Awesome. <laughs> Sign me up. So those are your four options: one fucking hour on Carrie. What are we one doing, guys? One fucking hour on all the president's men, or one fucking hour on Mikey and Nikki, or one fucking hour on the tenant. Go to at one fucking hour on Instagram. Click the story page. Vote on that shit. Let's figure out what it's going to be. And of course, while you're at it, you might as well go to patreon.com slash one fucking hour. Sign up to get access to our fucking audio commentary tracks. Because guess what, guys? We're doing what women want. What woman want. That's going to be. What want. <laughs> that's going to be the next audio commentary. You got to see. I, I want to watch Tom watch. I want to watch us want. do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could take a pill and be a spectator and just watch us. Yeah. It, you know, what are we doing? Um, so, but that's I just, know. uh, you know, what, uh, what, what you want is what women want us wanting it. Um, yeah. five bucks a month and, uh, or you can click down below, click the join button. If you want to sign up, uh, to our YouTube page, you can also get access to the auto commentaries that way. Same perks, same dollar amount. You pick your poison. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Um, but, you know, guys, we can't really leave anybody um, without something very special. Oh, boy. Um, it might not work. So I'll have All to right. cut it in in post. Figure it out. But we have to. Yeah. It'll happen. Uh, don't worry. Another? Well, uh, okay. So we can't leave you, of course, without your moment of zen. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> Uh, have a great rest of your week and uh, tell us what we're going to do for next week and we'll catch you then. All right, everybody. Take care. So long. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, the reason I call myself a pervert is that I'm sexually oriented. It's very easy because you got to look at it this way. Most people drink. Most people smoke. A lot of people do drugs. Okay, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't gamble. So I'm an angel, <laughs> but I got horns. Okay, and the trouble is when you got horns, you only can do one thing, okay? And that's fuck. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs>